you ever have, or maybe have, a teacher or professor who just, who just impacted your life greatly in one way or another? A couple people, the rest of us, it didn't go to school. Okay, good enough. <laughs> Explains a lot about you guys, all right? No. I had one, I had many actually, I had many teachers and professors who impacted me greatly, but I was recalling one recently because my mother actually ran into him and he was interested in contacting me and so I look forward to that here in the near future, but, but he was a po political science professor and I was at the community college and you know, 18 years old and fresh out of high school thinking I can rule the world and, and yet have no idea what the world looks like from uh, an adult perspective, right? And, and he, he did a lot of things well, but he really taught us how to think well. And I remember him saying things like, um, what good is it if you have knowledge about the past and don't use it to shape how you live in the future? And I just remember thinking like, that is very profound, right? Because I was gonna go to school eventually to be a history major, history and education major. So of course, I like knowledge of the past. In fact, I love games like Trivial Pursuit and those things where you have useless information just stacked up in your brain, wasting away at the good space that you could use for something more productive and positive. But that, that idea that he talked about and those things, the way that he taught us to think well, um, still impacts how I process life today. And what I want us to do is a couple of things. We're going to we're going to go through a little bit of a journey into the, the brief Reader's Digest history of Genesis and understand what God has done so that we can look forward and use that information to help us to see maybe where we have this going. Understanding information simply to understand it is, is, is no good at all if we don't have the wisdom to process maybe where God has us going with that in the future. And today, like I said, I want us to look back, but I want us to, to start with a, uh, or look at a scripture, it's Psalm 77, it's by a Psalm of Asaph, and, uh, and he, in the present moment, re like is thinking to himself, God, why have you done this to me? And so it starts out this way, this is in verse 10, it says, and I said, this is my fate, the Most High has turned his hand against me. Like in that moment, he's just like, that's it. God has turned his hand against me. And then he says, but then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty acts. O God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great deeds. You demonstrate your descendants of Jacob and so you can see you can probably relate to those situations where you're just in the middle of something you're like God what's going on here right and then you and then you have the, the mind to just look back to how faithful God has been in the past and say God I may not know what the future holds but you are a God of great deeds you have done mighty things and so I want to walk us through sort of a fun recounting of where God has taken Center Church from an idea all the way to where we stand today here in the fall of 2017. So we're going to make our first stop, right? Our visual, mental 
<laughs> but we used to meet. We actually worked at different churches, and, and Pastor Kelly and I had had a working relationship before that in a retail environment. We, we worked at Wider the Golf and still do in some capacity and other today. But, but God used to just use that time as we both lived in a new place, in a new space over in Tacoma, Puyallup area. We would just gather. Okay, if this thing is going to happen, and 
benefit that you and Francis was, what does it look like? Because we, we have been part of great churches. We understand what it looks like to be part of a, a healthy, growing organization. But we knew, like, there still had to be a limit. And so we started to put terms to what matters to us. And we came up with this identity statement that, uh, that you may have heard or may have not heard, depending on how long you've been with us. But we decided we wanted to be Jesus-centered. We wanted to be gospel-compelled, and we wanted to be relationally focused. Because Jesus matters to us, the gospel was compelling us, and people, people were caring in our situation. We didn't want to build a big church just to have a nice building with nice people. We thought God had placed in our hearts, you know what, there's going to need to be people who are both going to celebrate and mourn in the space that God has created. talked about we want to love people well we want to have people serve and gather and be in group and then and then recently in the last year god has helped us kind of narrow focus that we we simply want to help people know jesus like if there was something that stirs hearts it's that we want to help people know jesus because we understand that no amount of religion no amount about it, we prayed about it, we dreamed about it, and we thought, you know, that's a pretty good idea. The problem was, we didn't know what to do. <laughs> we were like, we have good ideas, but how do we get them into action? And that brings us to our third stop in the journey of facilitation, and that's what I like to call the gauntlet. Um, yeah, you'll appreciate why here in a minute. In the fall of 2012, it was actually right around this time, it was the first week of November, we decided that in order for us to be able to do this, we would need some support. Oversight, spiritually, oversight, organizationally, financially, we would need some support. And so we decided to take a risk and sign up for a church planning assessment through the Pacific Planting Network. And, uh, and it was basically a gauntlet. We had three days where the four of us sat in a room with men and women who had been in that same position recently or at one time in their life who were leading churches or leading sections and ministries of churches that were going to help us decide, is this really a good idea? And they poked and they prodded at our marriage, at our relationship with each other. We, we, we've had all kinds of people give their opinion of whether or not they thought this was going to work. <laughs> one guy said at the end of a conversation, said, well, for what it's worth, I don't think it's going to work. Thank you. Here's pastor. And they, and they dug into our lives, into our marriages, into our finances, into every little crack and crevice, and they heard us out, and they listened to our dreams, and they listened to what we thought God was stirring in us. And after three days of just tired, emotional said yes to faith. They said yes to coachiness. They said yes in a big way to hypocrisy. Huge, huge yes. We are forever grateful for that. And then the next day, to 
we in our practice of just or we do best? I'm also a practice guy in business training. And we were on a journey that we had missed just in the beginning. Which takes us to our next step, January 2013. We're in Belize Road, downtown. Our friend, Jack and Julie Castor, were generous enough to open up this space to us. And we invited some of you. Some of you were there. It was our family. We had about 40 people sitting in that space listening to us. And we had a good plan. And we were just, we were just spewing it all over the place. <laughs> right? We, we knew that we were compelled to do something. And we had, a, we had a general sense of what that looked like. And we wanted to invite people to come in to that space. And they listened.
So I want to now, now that you understand sort of where God has walked with me, I want to talk about what we might do with that experience. What we might do with that call in our lives. God has placed an incredible mission in front of us. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20, we're probably familiar with it. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. I know we tend to So we're going to start with verse 1. It says in Romans 8, verse 1, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Thank you. And because you belong 